This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler fans. I'm your host, G Stryker, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. Today, we are honored to have a defensive lineman we used to root against, but now we get to root for. We've got Chris Warmly. Chris, may I be the first person to officially welcome you to Steeler Nation? Uh, you will be one of the first. And of the... I appreciate you having me on <laughs> nice. and uh, excited to, to talk for a little bit. Oh, we're, we're really, really happy to have you. And um, I, I've been researching you quite a bit, and I found your backstory pretty fascinating. I, I hear you were... A kid and grew up, obviously, uh, went to high school in uh, Toledo, Ohio, which is a big hotbed area for football. So who was the team that you uh, rooted for then when you were growing up? Uh, well, for college, I grew up uh, rooting for Michigan and then ultimately went to the University of Michigan. Uh-huh. And then growing up, NFL-wise, I was, I was actually a Steelers fan. So uh, <laughs> this is a pretty cool, uh, surreal moment for me to... Uh, I finally get a chance to play for my, you know, my childhood team that I grew up rooting for. That's awesome because you know from that Toledo area, I mean, you could go pretty much any way, Cincinnati, Cleveland, but there are a lot of Steeler fans there as well. So that's really nice to hear. Absolutely. So you did you grow up in Pittsburgh or what's your connection with the Steelers? Then? Uh, I grew up in northern central Pennsylvania, actually in um, Little League World Series country called Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And my, okay, yeah. my whole family was in Steel. So Bethlehem Steel is right there in Williamsport, Kellogg Steel, Pullman. Uh, my dad was also uh, at a stainless steel plant where he was um, um, an inspector for them for years. So we grew up on steel. So Steelers came up through the 70s. That was their team, 60s, 70s. And then fortunately they did really well. And then after that, it, you just don't really have a choice if you're an offspring from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Is it, is it your parents were big Steeler fans growing up as well? Uh, so one of my, was my grandpa, when I, when I started kindergarten, my grandpa took me like winter coat shopping. And I think it might've been at Dillard's. I don't know if you guys have Dillard's. Yeah. Um, where you're from. It's like a department store, like a Macy's or a uh, JCPenney or whatever. Yeah. And he gave me free reign to pick whatever coat I wanted. And I picked out a Steelers starter, starter jacket. Awesome. And, uh, and I, I didn't, I mean, I was, you know, five or six years old, so I had no idea what it was. Yeah. And, you know, a couple years later, I kind of picked up on what it was and, and who the, and what the logo meant. It was a big Steelers logo on the back. Uh-huh. And um, and that's when I started watching football was right around second and third grade. Yeah. And since since I was wearing their phone, I figured I'd be, a, I'd be a Steelers fan. And that's kind of how it went. But obviously, it grew more into a, an understanding of the game and, and mm-hmm. watching, you know, guys like Troy Palomaro, who was who was my favorite. NFL player never played I never played safety but yeah um just the way he played the game I wore 43 in college oh, uh, cool. because of him yeah and uh just obviously he just made it to the to the Hall of Fame which is so deserving oh yeah and uh, it'd be cool to see him uh you know watch him take his his acceptance speech and get his gold jacket and his and his, and his bust which would be cool to see but um mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of kind of the story of how I became a Steelers fan um kind of 
unknowingly became a Steelers fan and then grew into to the love that I had for, for obviously their defense and, and the way they played football. Oh, that's awesome. And that's an interesting point to make about Troy Polamalu's bust. I'm trying to think of how much iron it's going to take to form that bust with all that hair. <laughs> I guess back in high school, I know you were a really excellent football player. Did you play any other sports as well? Yeah, I did. I uh, played basketball right after after football season, kind of went right from football to basketball season. And after basketball season, I, I ran uh, track and I threw shot put and disc nice. in, uh, in track as well. Oh, that's awesome. Um, in co- or in high school, were you still playing extensively defensive line or did you play any other positions? Uh, it was strictly D-line, a little bit of like a jumbo tight end. But uh, we had a lot of guys on our team. Um, that were pretty good players, so it was very, it was very rare for you know guys to go two ways, uh, you know, for you know 80, 80 snaps on offense, eighty snaps on defense. So yeah, um, ever since ever since freshman year of high school, I've I've played you know you know strictly uh, defensive line for the most part. Wow, that's great. Now, did you move anywhere along the line, or were you strictly at end, or were you playing any nose? Uh, in high school, I was, I was strictly strictly an end, um, and then when when college rolled around, I gained you know 30, 30 35 pounds and yeah. had the chance to move inside outside. Um, finished my last two years at Michigan outside, um, and now and now in the NFL, I've played a lot of inside. Nice. Um, so I've had I've had experience playing you know all along the line since since coming into the league. But that's super cool too that you ended up going to your favorite college. I mean, obviously you have a choice of where you want to go, but it was great that they were interested as as well. Uh, I know you started your first year. I, I guess you had an uh, an ACL injury and you weren't able to compete, unfortunately, that first year. Um, but then, what was it like then going to your favorite college team as a as a high schooler coming into Michigan? Oh, it was, I mean, it was my dream. That was my dream school. Um, living only 45 minutes away from Ann Arbor, um, my dad and I would go, you know, to the spring games and spring practices. Awesome. Um, we would go to games and tailgate, which was which was awesome for a kid who not only played football but loved, you know, watching the University of Michigan. Um, so that was, you know, a lot of childhood memories that I have of of being in in Ann Arbor and and going to those games or some memories that I'll have, you know, for the rest of my life. Oh, fantastic! Um, so it was a pretty cool moment when when Michigan had offered me and was like, you know, we want you to come and play. Um, I still were, you know, keeping my options open up until right before my senior year of high school uh-huh. um, when I decided to commit to Michigan. Hmm. Oh, that's great. And I, I guess you were at Michigan for a few years and then you had a, a big coaching change. Uh, 2015, uh, Jim Arbaugh comes back out from the NFL and, and comes back to coach Michigan. So what was it like uh, playing for your old coach at Michigan and then moving to uh, Jim Arbaugh's coaching? Uh, it was, I mean, we went, I, love, I mean, going from, going from Brady Hoke, mm-hmm. who, uh, recruited me yeah. out of high school and, and was a D-line coach and he coached, and he spent a lot of time with us, um, during practice. Uh-huh. Um, and to see him leave, obviously it wasn't, you know, how everyone, you know, um, expected his career to go there. We finished his last season, we went five and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with, with Jim coming in, um, the next season we went 10 and three. So, wow. It was a big, a big shift from you know we we doubled our wins in our first year, yeah, and you know we were back in the national you know title conversation, national uh, rankings conversation, uh-huh. and um, we followed that up the next year with another ten and three season, mm-hmm. and uh, to go from you know the bottom of the bottom feeling to not making a bowl game, yeah, to you know playing in a in a uh, you know what it was a BCS bowl game back in the day, but you know one of those New Year's Six bowls. 
um, two years in a row was, was pretty special. Nice. Can can you remember any specific stories about Jim, the great coach, you know, um, specifically that had to deal with you? Um, I guess not really with me, but I mean, you know, you hear the stories of him and just his, his, I guess, different personality that, mm-hmm. that he has and, it, and it's worked for him, yeah. um, not only in the pros, um, when he was playing, mm-hmm. um, and obviously playing at Michigan too, but it works for him as, as being a coach and um, he's had a lot of success and um, you know, he's, he's a great coach and he's, he's a guy that you can learn a lot from. That's great. Then your senior year, obviously you've got incredible accolades. You're big 10 uh, first team and a uh, second team, all American. You're drafted then in the third round by Jim Arball's brother, John Arball and the Baltimore Ravens. So what was that like then being uh, the whole draft process being drafted by the Ravens for you? Yeah, it's crazy. The draft was was almost you know three years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, this week I got drafted on a Friday, mm-hmm. um, in the third round, and it was it was crazy. There was, I mean, you know, your family's all around, you have friends, and they want you to obviously be drafted as high as possible, and that's what you want for yourself too. And yeah, and when that Friday rolled around, I knew I had a good shot of being drafted, yeah. and I thought I was going to be drafted in the second round. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the second round came and went, and you know, getting a little little antsy, a little frustrated. Uh-huh. Um, and then when the Ravens call, you know, all that changed. And I was so excited to, uh, to get, to get the opportunity, not only to be drafted and, and to play in the NFL, but to play for a great organization like, like the Baltimore Ravens, obviously being a Steelers fan, you know, most of my life I've watched those battles yes. um, between those two great teams, you yeah. know, usually for the, the AFC North division title, yeah. you know, when they play twice a year, those, those two games usually mean, uh, a lot when it comes when it comes to the uh, the AFC North title, and um, so I knew I knew the type of organization, I knew the type of culture they had going into it just by watching a lot of their games because of you know because of being a Steelers fan. And that's big too because even though you were drafted in the third round, you're drafted by a program that's known for defensive football. Really excellent scouting for defensive football. I mean, Ozzie Newsome is a phenomenal GM, one of the best ever. Um, playing the league so you, you know they did their homework was there also any talk and did, did you um hear any any conversations from your old coach jim about john or did they know that you were talking about you at all um i figured they had some type of you know interest in me throughout the process remember i was at the senior bowl and at the combine and um they showed a lot of interest in me during my pro day I had a had, um lunch the day before my pro day with with Joe Cullen, who was the, the D-line coach at the Ravens. Um, so I knew there was some interest, obviously. I'm sure um, Jim and John had had a conversation about me and, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe some other guys that were on the team uh, that were going to get drafted that year. Um, but I honestly didn't think I was going to be drafted by them. There were a couple other teams that I had thought that might have uh, drafted me. And then when I got a call and the area coach said, you know, Baltimore, Maryland, I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's be a Raven. Uh-huh. And um, you know, I had a great three years there. Nice. What were the other teams that were talking with you before the draft? Uh, well, I had, I had dinner with with Mike Tomlin and and, oh, uh, cool. and, and Kevin Colbert, which was which was super cool. Yeah. Um, the night before our pro day, we went to Ruth Chris with a couple of the of the, of the Michigan guys. Awesome. Um, met with the Giants. Um, had a workout with you know the Panthers. Uh-huh. Um, so I really thought I was going to be drafted by one of those three teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the when the Ravens came a calling. Um, 
you know, that all kind of went out the window. <laughs> Indeed. Um, are you able to go back to that night when you're at the interview and you're sitting at dinner, I suppose, with Kevin and Coach Tomlin? How was the conversation? Was it very light? Did, did you talk about football? Was it more personal? Yeah, I was. I mean, it was it was us. I mean, I'm sorry, it was me, and then you know, mm-hmm. Kevin and 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 Coach Tomlin and a couple of the other coaches, mm-hmm. um, and then it was me, uh, Jabril Preppers, who plays for the Giants yeah. now. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple other guys were there. Taco Charlton, who plays for the Dolphins now. Uh-huh. Um, so it was it was super light. It was super you know, you know, personal personable. You know, Coach Tomlin is a great guy. Yep. And uh, it was pretty easy going. You know, we got a couple couple stakes um, and just talked about more so life than, than football, you know, family and things like that and kind of our interests outside of football, um, which was which was a, a nice change of pace, you know, for those last three or four months when all, all we talk about is, you know, football, football, football. Yeah, that's great. And just so you know, to put your mind a little bit at ease, um, I'm a Baltimore guy. I've lived in Baltimore a good portion of my life. Uh, I went to high school in the Towson area. I went to college at UMBC in Catonsville. And now, yeah, now I'm currently living out in Mount Airy. So I love, love, love the Baltimore area. It's a great town. Passionate football fans, obviously. Our football fans are the biggest rivals in the NFL. But, I mean, still, the passion is there. They love their team. They love their city. They got a fun city. Um, where did you end up moving to in the Baltimore area when you came to here? Uh, so the first, the first two years, we, uh, well, I guess in the first three seasons we moved to, uh, we lived in Owens Mills. So yeah. right down the street from the facility, it was uh, super convenient, but actually, uh, in March, my, my wife and I, and our little daughter moved to, um, uh, little Italy in downtown, oh, nice. um, close to the, close to the Harbor. Yeah. And, you know, we've been here for almost two months and, and it's going to be a sad day for us to, to pack up and leave, yeah. uh, you know, in a couple of months, but, um, yeah, like you said, Baltimore is a great area. It has great, uh, obviously, seafood and 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 food, and and the, the fans and the people of the city are, are so passionate about the Ravens. Um, yeah, and that's 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 the vibe that I get from the Steelers. Um, you know, when when we ride through the uh, the city for game day, the you know people are already tailgating at you know nine o'clock in the morning, and, <laughs> yeah. and they are ready. They are they are ready to go. And yeah. um, you know, being in that being in that stadium for the first time when. I'm actually going to have that Steelers helmet on. It's going to be it's going to be pretty special because they're actually going to be rooting for me and not waving their terrible towels yeah. uh, in yeah. opposition. I, yeah, for you as opposed to against you. And I, I don't know if you used to wave it when sure. you were, had your own and you used to wave your own, but back when you were watching before you went to uh, college and got drafted by Baltimore, but it's it will be a fun experience for you. But it's really interesting Absolutely. too with the fan groups. I mean, you've got. When you go to Baltimore and you're a defensive player, it doesn't matter who you are. You're on the roster. They know you. They know you. They're rooting for you. They love you. And that's a it's a big thing. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 a, that's one of the best parts of, of Baltimore is, mm-hmm. is their fans are so passionate. They know everything. They know where you went to school. They know you know where you grew up. They know mm-hmm. you know yep. your stats from college and things like that. <laughs> so when when you run into them at the store, you run into them at the mall. They're they have those facts and they're just spewing them out at you. And they're like, I, I didn't remember that I had, you know, X amount of tackles in college. But you know that. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, a, it's a cool feeling to know that they care as much as, as much as you do. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy going with Pittsburgh. It's the exact same way. Um, Pittsburgh, they're even like deep on the, the practice squad. They get really insane about everything there too. But, uh, oh, but, it, but no, I mean, that's, that's, that's when you, yeah, that's when, you know, uh, fans are, are passionate fans are, into it and fans 
care about you know players' well beings when they know so much, which is which is amazing for for players to to have that uh, that feeling from from the fans. And did I hear your daughter cooing in the background? Yeah, she's uh, so she decided to wake up at oh, like one wow. forty five, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, oh. I have fifteen minutes until I gotta hop on this podcast That's... call, <laughs> and uh, so she's in my arms right now. Nice. And, uh, oh. she's, being, she's being she's being tame as as much as possible right now. That we are one hundred percent family friendly f- podcast, so I'm really happy to hear. How how old is your daughter? What's her name? She her name is Spade, and she will be four months um, on Sunday. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, yeah. So she's she's just a little one. My uh my brother just had his second daughter two weeks ago, and so you know the this. Uh, currently, you know, this problem that we're having right now with the pandemic, one big positive that you have with a newborn is you get to spend a lot of time with the family. So that's uh, at least that's one positive you can take from this entire time is you get a little bit extra time there with your daughter. And I'm glad you get to spend it with her. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, with all this going on, mm. the um, the biggest thing that I'm that I've been, you know, grateful for is being able to spend these these, you know, this time with my daughter and my wife as well, Um, being able to see her grow, um, you know, literally day by day. And I know that if, you know, things were quote unquote normal again, Mm -hmm. um, you know, things are going to change. I'm going to, you know, miss out on some things that uh, are going to be pretty important. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. I I have a daughter myself too. So my my heart really goes out to you, man. You're going to love every moment with her. It's going to be great. Mine's Absolutely. up seven yeah, so now. It's been a great four months. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. So um, going back, I guess, a little bit, when you were drafted uh, by John, then you've also played – you're one of the few people I can talk to that's played for both Jim and John Arball. So what's it like now going from Jim and playing with John? Are they similar? Are there differences? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they grew up in the same household. And if you know anything about their dad, Jack Harbaugh, um, he is – a character and a great coach. Um, but they're, they're very, all three of those guys are very similar. Obviously Jim and John are brothers yeah. and um, they, their coaching styles are very, very similar. Hard nose. You got to work your butt off to get what you want. Yep. Um, but I would say, I would say John's a little more, a little more personable, mm-hmm. um, a little more, uh, I guess, friendly even though obviously jim is was is a great is a great recruiter a great yeah. a great coach yeah. um but i would say maybe just because um we're in the nfl and we're all considered you know grown men that that mm-hmm. you can be a little more loose with with the conversations that you have but i would say john's just a little more personable and uh but very similar in the way that they 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 talk you can if you close your eyes and they're both talking it's it's really hard to <laughs> To, to know who is who, and you kind of have to, if, if you were to close your eyes, you definitely have to open them up and be like, hey, who's, who's talking here? Um, <laughs> but both, both great coaches, and I'm, I'm very fortunate to have uh, been coached by both of those guys. And when you came to the Ravens, which Ravens player took you under their wing, so to speak? Um, I would say, I'd say Brent Urban, who now plays for the Chicago Bears. Uh-huh. Um, he played the same position I did. Um, and he just kind of showed me the way a little bit, um, showed me how to play the, the, the five tech position, um, the way that the Ravens wanted. Uh And, uh, yeah, I'll say Brent. 
Awesome. Awesome. Also, now that you're playing in in Baltimore, known for their great defensive players, you came in during a transition time, too. So you got to play, I think, a year with C.J. Mosley. Did you play with Suggs as well? Yeah, I played uh, two years with C.J. and two years with Suggs. Oh, wow. And uh, to have to have a Hall of Famer in your in your room every day with Suggs was was an unbelievable uh, experience, and um, I learned a lot from him. Even though we don't play the same position exactly, but yeah, he uh, has so many. He's played. His he got drafted when I was in like third grade, I think. Wow. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so he's career. he's been doing it. Yeah, he's been playing in the NFL longer than I've been playing football. And at a high uh, level every year too. He's been a, and, at a, and at a high level, yeah, yeah. At a high level every year. And he has taught me so much about you know just tendencies and ways to look at offenses and what to expect when you know certain players motion and shift. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was great to have him in the room. Mm. So then you transitioned into a newer defense this year, um, this past year, and you guys did an excellent, excellent job. You're still number four total overall in the defense. Steelers were right behind you at number five. What was it like then transitioning to the new players, yet still getting that high level of success out of that defense this past year? Well, yeah, actually the the first, I would say, three weeks of the season, mm-hmm. um, we did not look like the number four defense in the league. Yeah. Um, we had given up 500 yards to, I think the first three teams or the first four games. We gave up 500 yards to three teams. I think it was the Cardinals. Wow. We gave up 500 yards. Yeah. The Browns. We gave up 500 yards, and the Chiefs. We gave up 500 yards. Wow. And we we were two and two. Uh huh. And we had to, uh, you know, it was kind of a slap in the face. We had to kind of slap ourselves in the face and say, hey, let's. Let's pick this up not only on defense but offense as well on special teams, and, and we turned around and went full straight. And um, yeah, and statistically, that's a huge, huge change because you're talking about letting up right around 500 yards a game, and then you got the average, the average of your team's defense to right at 300. So I mean, you had some games where you're only letting up 200 yards, 150 yards, 180 yards. I mean, you had some excellent, excellent defensive efforts. Yeah, and and it, it made it uh, the way our offense was set up last year it made it easy for. You know, they would hold the ball for eight, nine minutes to drive. Yes. So offense, uh, you know, opposing offenses offenses would only have, you know, maybe two or three possessions a quarter, which was huge for us. You know, we were fresh, yeah. especially when, if we get three and out of an offense mm-hmm. and put our offense back on the field and know that they're going to hold the ball for another, you know, so, you know, six, seven, eight, nine minutes. Wow. Um, was huge for us. So yeah. when when we got that rolling, that was. That was something special. And you get just get to go out and play down downhill every time you hit the field. I mean, it was really it was. Right. I mean, I watch a lot of Baltimore games, being a rival, but also being local. I mean, it's it's the other team I watch when, normally when the Steelers aren't on. So it was really noticeable. You guys put on a great show last year. Not and and that's a, a point too. Like I know the offense really took off. It had to be great just watching uh, Lamar Jackson also progress as you've been there in. Um, in Baltimore. So can you talk about Lamar a little bit too, for, for Steeler fans? Yeah, I think a lot of fans, when he got drafted, they were kind of scratching their head, mm-hmm. thinking, why did why did they draft this guy? And, uh, you know, they were still like a Flacco at the time. Yeah. And he was, you know, still producing at a at a somewhat high level. Yeah. Um, especially when when people have the, the flashbacks of when they won the Super Bowl and he was the Super Bowl MVP and, mm-hmm. and he, you know, led the team basically to 
to the Super Bowl um, with his performance in the playoffs. Incredible performance, um, yeah. You know, some people were scratching their heads thinking Lamar was a receiver, and obviously there was all the draft analysts saying that he should switch positions. Um, but when he stepped on the field and, and played, I think he went 6-1 and one as a starter the last seven games of the season for us yeah. two years ago. That was, his, and, was that uh, his rookie year? Yeah, as Ricky, and we were kind of like, okay, now we, yeah. we knew what he could do because we saw him in practice and in camp. Uh-huh. But now the whole the whole league knows and the whole world knows. And then obviously he, he followed that up with the season that he had this year, which was which was uh, one for you know the record books. He set a yeah. lot of records for, yeah, he, for quarterback. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know he's he's going to be a good player for a very long time. Of course, winning MVP that's a big accolade as well. I mean, that's something that. Um, you dream to have an MVP on your team as a fan. So that was a huge, huge accomplishment for him last year. And Absolutely. playing defense, I guess, against your team week to every week. I mean, you're going up against great quarterbacks all the way down through. I mean, they ended up keeping three on the roster last year. I mean, we all know what Jackson's done, and we all know that RG3 is a great quarterback too, kind of in the same mold. It's almost like you don't even have to change the offense at all when you put RG3 in, and same thing too with uh, McSorley from Penn State when he came on. And that was a, a big thing that um, Arbaugh usually doesn't keep three quarterbacks on a team. Last year he did. Yeah, I mean, obviously Lamar is Lamar, and when you look at the, the depth chart and you see RG3's there, you're like, okay, this guy was rookie of the year, his rookie year, he yeah. made a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. He had all these accolades and obviously he had some some injuries that set him back significantly mm-hmm. um but when he's in there he's yeah. he's a, he's a serviceable quarterback that can get the job done he mm-hmm. he played um you know he played you know the last you know two or three drives of some games this year and he he got the job done he and, played that um, entire Steeler game. I remember that one. He beat us pretty well in that game yeah. in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't going to bring that one up. You got yeah, he, to. I mean, it's, it's when, part when of he, your past. <laughs> yeah, when he's when he's asked to do you know his job, he he does, and he pulls through. And, mm-hmm. and I hope one day he'll he'll have a chance to be another starting quarterback again. But uh, it's hard to uh, to start over Lamar. Um, yeah, and then and Trace too. Trace is Trace is going to be a, a fine you know quarterback in the league too. Yeah, he can do a lot of different things, and uh, maybe he'll be the next Taysom Hill. Yeah, he may be. That, that would be fun to see them add another wrinkle to the offense like that, an offense that's already pretty difficult to stop right now in the NFL. And now you're going to have to go up against it twice a year. So <laughs> that'll yeah, be, it's, uh, be an interesting change. Now, I'm looking forward to it, but it's definitely going to be probably the biggest challenge of the uh, of the year for sure. <laughs> nice. So. Interestingly enough, then, the last trade between the Steelers and the Ravens was 1997, and that was their second year of existence. So exactly one month ago today, you're traded from Baltimore to Pittsburgh. So how did you initially hear about the trade? Um, so my agent had called me, mm-hmm. and well, I guess we can backtrack even a little farther than that. Uh-huh. Clarence Campbell signed to the Ravens. Um, and then I think like two days later, they had yeah. agreed to sign Michael Brockers. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm kind of looking at the depth charts, like, okay, they're giving me all this, these guys all these all this money. Obviously, they're two good players. Yeah. So I call my agent. I'm like, hey, what's uh, like, what do you what 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 are you thinking? Yeah. He's like, well, if you want, and we could, you know, I could talk to DaCosta and see if we can, you know, get a trade going. I'm like, yeah. okay, you know, I'm not. I'm not, I wasn't too worried about it. I wasn't thinking too much about it. And, mm. you know, a couple of days later, he, he calls me. And this is DaCosta. DaCosta calls me and says, hey, 
um, we got a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick for you, and you're here going to Pittsburgh. Nice. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I appreciate I appreciate you, you know, giving me giving me the opportunity for the last three years, but uh, see ya, I guess, kind of. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so that's kind of kind of how it happened. Um, like I said, I'm thankful for hmm. the opportunities that uh, Ozzy and DeCosta had given me yeah. um, for the, the last three years. Um, but I knew that with those guys coming in, and now they have they have Derek Wolf instead of instead of uh, Brockers, that my my playing time was going to be uh, cut a little bit. Yeah. And it being my fourth year, my last year of my rookie deal, I needed um, you know I needed more playing time than what they were willing to give me. So, does anybody from the Steelers reached out to you directly since you've been traded? Yeah, the first guy that that, that texted me right after was was Cam. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> and um, I was I was actually I mean I've been a fan of Cam since he played at Ohio State. Mm. Um, you know, back in the the late two thousand, you know, yep. late two thousand, and see uh, them going up early, against early, Michigan, early two thousand tens. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, obviously he played at Ohio State, and I took a couple visits. Yeah. Um, to Ohio State when he was playing there, so oh, nice. knowing the type of player that he was and, and the caliber that he has become in the league, you know, all pro, pro bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that he reached out to me, and then Zach Banner reached out to me. Oh, cool. Um, I trained with him during the combine, and we're in the same agency, so nice. You know, we keep in touch all the time. So it was nice to, to you know get those two guys to you know say welcome to the city, and you know obviously if I needed anything from them, they'd be more than welcome to help and. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. So you played some defensive end, obviously, in Baltimore. We, um, and honestly, you were awesome and fantastic getting off the blocks and tackling running backs. Uh, what position along the line, what tech do you uh, initially see yourself being, or what's your favorite spot to play along the defensive line? Yeah, so uh, Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore play similar defense yeah. as, as a base, I guess, in, in their 3-4 and I would I would love to play one of the three four ends. I think that's where my body type and my my playmaking uh, comes most natural to me. Yeah. Um, but once once you know t- you know the Steelers move into that four three look, mm-hmm. um, I'm comfortable playing the th- the three tech or even a two tech a little more inside. Uh-huh. Um, that I've played a, a, a lot over the last two years with the with the Ravens. So um, wherever they wherever they want me, um, I'm comfortable playing at. Um, you know, I've, I've played pretty much up and down the line the last two years with the Ravens. So wherever the Steelers want me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than welcome or more than happy to, uh, to play. Now, did the Ravens put you in any zero tech at all at nose tackle when you were playing? Um, I might've had, you know, five to 10 snaps mm-hmm. in games, yeah, um, situationally. in more pass rush situations. Uh-huh. Um, but we had, we had two incredible noses and in, in Brandon Williams and, and Michael Pierce. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. who, uh, who, who were, who were damn good at doing what they were doing. So there was no <laughs> need for, for, for me to play narrows, thankfully. And, uh, obviously right now, you know, we're living in crazy times. So what does a normal day right now look for you and your family? Uh, I usually get up and depending on the day, my wife and I alternate who feeds our daughter when she wakes up. So I'll either feed my daughter uh, and, and change your diaper, and then go downstairs, make breakfast, and try and get some type of workout in. Awesome. Um, got a lot of bands around the house. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a turf field uh, a couple miles away from my house that I'll go and run in. Mm-hmm. But um, that usually takes up a good portion of the morning, and then a lot of Netflix. 
a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of twiddling of thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> just a lot of a lot of time with the wife and the, and, the, and the little daughter, which has been nice. We go to the we walk around parks. We go for walks along the harbor. Yeah. Um, just really trying to stay as busy as possible while actually not having a whole lot to do. No, oh, I hear you. And we've we've got a couple questions here from Steeler Nation. Um, that I like to call our segment questions from Steeler Nation. Um, Drink Iron City wants to know who your number one mentor in life is. Oh man, it's a few. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, different family members growing up um, that have that have paved the way for me to, um, you know play the games that I love, the sports I love growing up. They were always there supporting me, um, supporting me with whatever I, I wanted to do growing up. Um, but I guess, I guess a, a football mentor that I, my biggest football mentor would be Greg Madison, who was my defensive line coach at, um, at Michigan for five seasons. And now he's the defensive coordinator at Ohio state. Um, but we still keep in touch. He told me a lot about the game of football. Um, he taught me a lot about how to be a man. Um, awesome. So I'd say he's probably my biggest football mentor. Awesome. So do you have a specific play that you can remember um, from any game you played against Pittsburgh? What's your favorite play? Hmm. Uh, there's a couple good. There's a couple plays against actually against Zach Banner this past <laughs> last game we played at the end of the, at the end of the season where yeah. we had some good ba- some good battles um, when he was when he was the extra lineman. Yes. Uh, well loved. You know, he gets a, a standing goal. ovation every time he comes out on the field and he's got to he's got to he's got to make himself known. He's yep. got to say he's eligible. He's got to you know, he's got to he's got He's got to be Zach Banner, and that's uh, and that's why people love him, and that's why I love Zach is because he mm. is who he is, and he doesn't care what people think, and yeah. he obviously has got I would say a cult like following yeah. uh, for the things that he for the things that he does on the field. But uh, there was a couple <laughs> plays that, uh, this last game where yeah. we had some good battles, and and you know, he got me a couple times, I got him a couple times, and made a few plays. But uh, mm. those have been fun battles. Nice. Um, Paul G uh, wants to know. Obviously, teams that trade players to a div- division rivals is very, very rare. Um, how do you plan to approach the locker room uh, once you uh, come to Pittsburgh? Um, I think you know. Obviously, being the new guy, I'm going to try and fill out the culture and fill out mm-hmm. how they do things um, day by day in within the locker room. But I think a lot of the guys know it's a business. I don't think there's any there's going to be any animosity. No. Um, when it when it comes to that, um, it would be I think it'd be different if you know I got traded from Michigan to Ohio State if that was a thing in college. Um, but guys move around the league a lot. There's guys, you know, that play for the same team. You know, I have Zach Gentry and and Devin Bush who are, who, run, who played with me at Michigan and nice. uh, you know probably pick their brain a little bit and see how how they go about their day when it when it comes to being in the locker room and in the facility. But I don't expect. Um, you know, any bad blood when it comes to that. And I, I expect, uh, you know, to sit right in and, and uh, get to work when, when the time allows us to. And the final question from Steeler Nation, uh, Hoot wants to know, what excites you most about joining this young up-and-coming defense in Pittsburgh? Uh, I think that's that's exactly right there. It's, it's so young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got guys, like I said, like Devin Bush. Yep. 
um, and and Minka in the back. Yeah. That that are going to be you know probably with the team you know for a decade plus. They're mm-hmm. they're great players that are young and and are going to continue to get better. Um, I'm looking forward to um, being able to contribute as much as possible. And then you got guys like Cam and Stefan up front that mm-hmm. that have been there yeah. for a while and have set the standard for what it means to uh, play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and they've they've carried that on from obviously the the decades of of great of great. Steelers uh, defenses. Um, so I'm excited to, to be able to contribute and, and, and put my um, my mark on this defense for the 2020 season. Well, as we know, these are bitter rivals between Baltimore and Pittsburgh, but there is honestly, there's always been a huge, huge amount of respect, I believe, between the two franchises because both of them want to beat you up, but both of them want to win above all else, and both of them are hard, hard nosed, hard working football teams, hard-nosed defenses, and um, so it's it was really nice that the Steelers were able to put at least the rivalry aside to get a player that they knew and a, a player that they wanted onto their defense, and, and uh, we, we can't be happier for you to be coming over to Pittsburgh to help out help us out. Yeah, no, obviously, like you said, it's, it's only happened one other time in 1997 mm-hmm. with the trade between the Steelers and the Ravens, uh, but I'm excited to get to work. I'm excited to um, get to Pittsburgh, and obviously the football part of it's going to be number one. But getting to check out all the restaurants and uh, you know different cool places that Pittsburgh has to offer. So if any of the listeners want to uh, you know shoot me a DM or, or tweet at me of some recommendations of their favorite places in, in Pittsburgh, that's probably my second favorite thing to do in this in in my life is to eat. So uh, awesome. I'm always looking for new places, and I'm sure Pittsburgh has a lot to offer. Yeah, great places to eat in Pittsburgh, honestly. I mean, you've heard of the Manny Sandwich. I know that. And they've got the, the Roethlisberger, which is a cult classic as well, but plenty of great gastro pubs and plenty of places to go grab a nice drink and have a good evening with your wife. I mean, it, it's a fun – it's a really, really fun town too. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get there and, and uh, to get acclimated to the, to the new city. So, Steeler fans, make sure you reach out to Chris Wormley, Instagram at big underscore worm four three, or Twitter at Chris underscore Wormley four three, and that's W O R M L E Y. So, make sure you reach out to him, give him a PM, give him a DM, give him some good options for food because we all love to eat, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. And one other thing too that I, I wanted to mention before we got off the phone, I know we were talking earlier about your wife. She has her own clothing company called Offbeat Native. Uh, what is the website for that clothing company? It's uh, shopoffbeatnative.com, um, and it's uh, women's contemporary clothing. So, all you men out there listening, you know Mother's Day is right around the corner. So if you're feeling feeling good about the, the type of mom that your that your wife is or your mother is. Yep. You can head over to there and uh if you guys want you can can DM me on either Twitter or Instagram and I'll uh, give you guys a, a discount code just for Steelers Nation. Awesome. Uh for you guys supporting, you know, our, our my wife's business. Awesome. And uh for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well take care of that beautiful wife and that beautiful daughter and we hope to get you out safely and hopefully onto the football field soon so we could start rooting for you, Chris. 100%. I appreciate you, and uh, thanks for the chat, Trigger. 
anytime. Really love the talk. Really love the talk. Hey, Steeler fans, make sure you come to SteelerNation.com for the best football forum and Steelers news on the internet. Tweet us at SteelerNation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Thanks for joining us again at your SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G Stryker, with Chris Wormley, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.